0: Art scene now with WVIA's Fiona Powell. The last episode of the first series of the new adaptation of All Creatures Great and Small will be airing this Sunday, February the 21st at 9pm on WVIA. Many viewers will be enjoying this adaptation of the books of Yorkshire vet James Herriot, whose real name was Alf White for the first time. But for many others, this is our second visit to Daraby and the people who work at Skeldale House. The books were first published between 1970 and 1984 and were followed by a number of non-fiction books about Yorkshire and children's books about Alf White's favourite animal encounters. All of the books became an instant success. And when they were followed by two films and a television series in 1978, James Herriot became an inspiration. Hundreds of young folk dreamt of becoming a vet just like their beloved mentor, the kind, sometimes awkward, James Harriet, But not many young people actually got to meet James Harriet, or Alf White, as he was really called. In a recent Zoom meeting with a group from England, I happened to mention my interest in the new adaptation of All Creatures Great and Small and discovered that Luke Baxter, podcast producer and educator, was not only a fan of James Herriot, but as a nine-year-old boy had met the famous veterinarian. So here is the story of Luke Baxter, his hamster ranch and James Herriot.
1: I live in Buckinghamshire in um, Britain, in in England. I live on the, well, the the farm that I was born on, uh, I, but I'm slightly, strangely, a podcaster and also edit, editor of educational materials.
0: What do you have on your farm?
1: Well, we've got horses and we've got a flock of sheep and we actually have just recently some, well, our neighbours who we sort of share the farm with have got some goats. I grew up with animals, even though we used to live in Brussels for a while as well. So that's, uh, we had to try and get smaller animals when we lived in a city.
0: What sort of sheep do you have?
1: We've got Jacob sheep.
0: Oh, uh, I love Jacob's.
1: Um, yeah, they're lovely. They're beautiful. Yeah, uh, with horns and brown and white markings. They're quite special looking.
0: How many Jacob's do you have?
1: We've got, uh, I think, 11. I should know this. i always getting in trouble with my wife, but I think it's 11 ewes and a ram.
0: So you are what I describe as a smallholder.
1: Very much a smallholder, yeah. yes. It's not our, our only source of income.
0: There are lots of people, actually, in this part of Pennsylvania who have small holdings like that. And in fact, this is a very strong area for very small, what I'd call flockettes when I was a full-time shepherd, Mm. where they will have, you know, half a dozen or a dozen sheep, and they use the sheep for the wool. They're very keen fibre artists and do spinning and weaving. Is that that why you keep your Jacobs?
1: No, unfortunately not. We keep them for uh, meat and food. I've never been able to sell the wool, and I'm certainly not a spinner or a weaver or a knitter myself. And I think it's, it's it's really tragic the way the sort of bottom's fallen out of the market of the the wool trade, um, effectively, because there's just you know it, it, it you're virtually paying people to take it away for you.
0: Well, I'll be over. I could use a few yeah. pieces. <laughs>
1: I, I'd love to send you my pieces it'd be wonderful <laughs> I'd love it that they, they, they ended up with you
0: the reason we're having this conversation Luke is I was telling you about reading all creatures great and small yet again and the new series <laughs> that's on and I know it's been on in Britain and you happen to mention something about James Harriet. so I'm going to let you tell the story
1: it's, it's just a, a quite a weird anecdote that goes way back into my past when we lived in brussels i had hamsters and i ended up becoming a a very small scale hamster breeder and bred two litters of hamsters in fact i had a hamster that was called gaiety but in french Gaiety would just mean happiness and yes yeah, so, so i had these hamster litters and when i was about nine years old you know as children of that sort of age do i sort of fantasized a bit and and i was really desperately keen to become a vet myself. And I'd, I'd sort of planned this hamster stud as a eight, nine year old. And that so the whole plan was that there was going to be a, a, a hamster stud and I'd have breeding hamsters. And obviously, you know, because I was going to be a very sort of, uh, you know, progressive hamster farmer, I'd make sure that my hamsters could roam the, the savannah and would have plenty of space to run free and so we'd have lots of free-range hamster farming. But obviously, you can't train hamsters to come home. So my idea was that I was going to train chihuahuas, and I was going to have these trained chihuahua dogs with little baskets under their heads. You can train a chihuahua in a way that you can't train a hamster. So the chihuahuas would go off on the range and pick up the hamsters in their little baskets, bring them home, bring them back to the the hamster barn every night because obviously you know you wouldn't want your hamsters killed by sort of whatever like kill hamsters foxes or whatever, and you bring them back. So you know, I had this full plan for a really quite major hamster breeding operation that was going to bring in a lot of money. And obviously, because it was going to be such a big operation, it would need its own hamster stud vet. And I was a massive fan of James Herriot, and you know had read all the James Herriot books and watched that absolutely amazing series about James Herriot, which I adored. And then one summer we were in Yorkshire in Thirsk, which is where I think his real name is White. He's, he's not actually called James Herriot. And we were actually in the village where he was the actual vet. And I think this would have been 1978 or something like that. And my mother was a fairly persistent, You know, when she had an idea, she had an idea and carried it through. And she said, all right, we're going to go see James Harriet." So mum just turned up at James Harriet's veterinary practice, marched us in and said, my son wants to speak to you about becoming the stud vet for his hamster farm. And obviously he you know, she sort of winked at him and, it, and they thought it was a, it was a great joke. And I, and I pulled out all of my hamster's plans and talked him through. And he was absolutely adorable. He was so lovely. I can really remember it because... I you know, my dream at the time was to become a vet. I was you know, loved animals, did everything with animals, it was just my, my dream. And so <laughs> here I was speaking to James Harriet about becoming my in house vet on my farm. <laughs> and he was just so lovely and understanding and you know, and taught me all through it. So you know, so looking back at it now from my great age that I am now, you can see that he was just humouring a little boy, but he did it in such a lovely way and he really felt that it's something that stayed with me for the rest of my life.
0: Well, how charming! And I'm—I'm I'm sure you were very earnest. You were what, eight, nine years old. You—you—you you, you were very earnest <laughs> and earnest. serious, and and, yeah. and had all yeah. your plans with you.
1: Uh, yes, and I, yes, I had certainly had maps of you know how you know how many fields you could cover. And how many 2 you would need to cover x, x many <laughs> number of hamsters? Uh, I had really thought it through. It was, it was quite geeky, as only nine-year-old boys can be.
0: So he was patient? He, he sat down with you? How much time did he give yes, you? Yes. I,
1: I I can't really remember, you know, it, but it just felt like it was the right amount of time and he really listened to me and, and and took it all in and it was absolutely lovely about it.
0: You were already a fan of James Herriot's at that time, so that yes. really must have yeah. made him an absolute hero in your eyes.
1: Completely. I, I think for my parents as well, you know, we lived in Brussels and, um, but it was the quintessentially British thing. All, All Creatures Great and Small was was the the most British TV program you could imagine, and and we had it on TV there, and you know our parents absolutely adored it, and I I adored it. Yeah, it was very very funny.
0: Did you have any copies of All Creatures Great and Small yes, with you?
1: Yes, I've got a, I've got a signed copy of All Creatures Great and Small.
0: Well, what a treasure that mm. is.
1: Yes, exactly. Yes, it's probably worth something, isn't it?
0: What was his place yeah. in Thirsk like? We have the vision in our head of Daraby, and we have the vision mm. in our head of Scaledale House. Was it anything like that at all?
1: Yes, I think it was. We have some cousins who are sort of local aristocracy there. So that's why we were we were spending our, our summer in Yorkshire. And it was an amazing summer. And we, I bought my pony there, my first pony. It was amazing. And, and you know... It really did look exactly like the, the TV programme, uh, dry stone walls and you know, those very sort of bleak looking stones. It, you know, it really was. It looked exactly like the TV programme. And, you know, that sort of charming sort of mix of sort of bleakness and also pastoral idyll is it was, it was lovely.
0: So why didn't you become That's
1: a vet? I, uh, I wasn't quite as, as, as scientific enough. I, uh, yes, uh, it soon became clear that I wasn't going to be able to get sort of three uh, science A levels, which is, I think what you need to be a vet. And I ended up doing much more sort of history and English and French and that sort of thing.
0: And we have benefited from that. You might have been lost in the hills somewhere. And instead of which we get to benefit yes. from your range of knowledge. Luke Baxter speaking to me recently about his meeting with James Herriot. The last episode of this present series of All Creatures Great and Small can be enjoyed this Sunday evening, 21st of February at 9pm on WVIA-TV. And there is to be a second series. The production team is planning to be filming in late 2021. So, by late 2022, perhaps, we can once again return to Scaledale House. Thank you very much to Luke Baxter. And thanks to you, WVIA's Fiona Powell.